Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Jeffrey Hazlett. He's the author of Think Big, Act Bigger, The Rewards of Being Relentless. Jeffrey, great to see you. Thanks it's for being here. It's good to be here, and I can't wait to be big. <laughs> We're going to get there. So let's talk about some of the rewards of being relentless. One of the main posits of the book is acting bigger is the key to achieving bigger. So how do you act bigger? How do you do it? Just be bigger and bolder. I mean, go find a bigger pond. Even if you're the, an introvert, go be the biggest introvert you possibly can. It doesn't have to be loud and obnoxious. It's just saying, look, in everything that we do in life, we can be bigger. We dream big. Why not act big? And I want to move people past dreaming to actually doing things that are big in their life, whether it's for themselves or for their business. Okay. So there's a lot of steps to getting there. And one of the things you say is the most important thing is owning who you are. What do you say to the guy or the woman who says, I know how to own myself? Or what do you mean by that? What do you mean by owning who you are? And how do you, how do you execute? You know, I see a lot of people, especially speakers and others who go out and kind of play a role. And it's, you know, it's hard enough being me. I don't want to be somebody else. And so it's really about saying I'm very comfortable with who I am so that you don't have these little voices going off in the in your head when you're trying to do things like whether you're doing television, whether you're doing a big presentation for the board or whether you're going out and knocking on doors to sell something. A lot of times we start hearing voices and we start hearing all these things in our head that say you can't do this or you're a loser or you tried that once before and you failed. And it's all about moving past those things to be a bigger, badder, bolder version of you. And right. so you really have to own that story of like, you know, I'm good. Yeah. I know what I'm I know what I'm about and I'm comfortable with that no matter what that is. And then just live with that. And then it makes you a little bit stronger and each day as you get stronger, then you get to be you know, a bigger, better, bolder version of you. Right, and it's about sort of having confidence in who you are. I mean, there's so much to get to, Jeffrey, in the book, but what I love are the catchy little titles that really draw you, and you have a chapter called Kill the Squirrel, Clean Your Bathroom, Have a Servant Mentality. So I'm reading this and I'm thinking, I have to act bigger by killing a squirrel, be a bigger squirrel? What did you mean by that? Well, just like you have to be a bigger story or get into the story of yourself, I like to tell stories, and I think the best way to learn is by telling stories. You might remember a great movie that was called Up, would had an Ed Asner character and a little right. Cub Scout, and then they had Doug the talking dog. Now, Doug was able to convey his thoughts through a collar that his owner had given to him. So he would be talking to you and say, hi, I'm Doug the talking dog. I like you very much, squirrel. And he would look away like dogs would do. Got it. And every single day in our business and in our lives, we have squirrels. We'll be doing something that's very, very important. And all of a sudden, squirrel. And we get distracted. And so it's about killing the squirrels. The, the, the most successful people aren't lucky. They're relentless. And they follow prescribed ways of doing things. They have certain ways that they get things done. And they're able to put blinders on and block out all of the noise that's going out there. And so they kill squirrels every day. So this was a reminder for you to be like Doug the Talking Dog, which is great because every once in a while, being a squirrel or finding a squirrel is a good thing. But if you do it all the time, 
time, you're right. going to lose in the end. Too many scrolls are a bad thing. But how do you do that? What do you say to someone who says, I can't block out the noise. I'm easily distracted. So many people today have ADD. What's your advice well, to business leaders? <laughs> well, focus in on what are your promises, your conditions of satisfaction. Yeah. You know, to be able to drive the business, you have to have certain conditions of satisfaction. What are the three, four, five things you've got to do in the business? Or what are your personal conditions of satisfaction? And you have to put everything through that focus. You, you have to do this. Now, if you can't, you won't be successful. That's okay, too. You just need to understand right. you, won't be, you won't be successful. If you can't block those things out, then no, you're not going to be successful. That's the facts, all right? But if you're able to focus, if you're able to get down and understand what those conditions of satisfaction are for you, you know, in terms of building profit, building customers, building margins, building customer satisfaction, building brand right. value, then you can really focus on the things that you've got to get done, and then you push away all those squirrels. So, Jeffrey, what's your feeling on asking others for advice? Always. Why not? I mean, I'm always, I, I don't know all the answers. I'd like to think that I do, but I, you know, I know that I'm not aware of what I'm not aware of. So the best way to do that is to go and find people who know great things and to ask them because they like to share that information. You know, right. I'm on the board of about 14 different companies. I have companies calling me all the time, asking me for advice. You know, I've bought and sold over 250 companies in my career, $25 billion in transactions. So I've got a little advice to give. I've been through the ringer a couple of times. Right. I know what it's like to act small and be small. I know what it's like to think big and act bigger. So go and ask somebody else and reach out to someone that you might not know and just say, hey, may I ask you a few questions to get some help? A lot of leaders might say that's a sign of weakness. So like they're supposed <laughs> to be on mission and know all and, and it shows that, oh, I'm, I'm a little shaky on things. In order to be a maestro, you got to learn to play a lot of bad notes. We can't pick up an that's instrument good. and start to play right away. We can't be a great athlete without practicing a lot. And we certainly right. can't be a great business without making mistakes and doing things right over and over and over and continuous improvement to make sure that we're bigger and better than we were before. Exactly right. Something that I really like in the book, and this is one of my favorite rules, you have something called the Caitlin Rule, which uh -huh. I think is applicable to so many people in and out of the office. So tell everybody quickly what that is. This is the very first story in the book and one of the most poignant. In fact, some people, when they first hear it, think it's a little cruel, but in the end, they think it's pretty brilliant. Yeah, you got to get to the end, and then you'll understand. Exactly. It, right? So we had a young woman who was working for us, and a potential superstar, came to work for an operation, and stopped by my office. We're about to go and meet with a company where we're taking the company public, and we only work with high-growth companies. And we're about to take this company as we take two or three companies public every year. And she stopped by my desk to say, hey, should we take color copies to the presentation? And I turned to her and I said, you're new here, Caitlin, so you don't know this rule. In fact, I'm making it up right now. Right. And I'm going to put your name on it because here's the rule. You only get to ask me 21 questions. You can ask me about the meaning of life. You can ask me where the best Italian restaurant in New York City. You can ask me, is the A train the best train to take cross town? You can ask me anything that you'd like to ask me. Is that one of your 21 questions? Why 21, though? Let me just stop I just you. picked it up that out of the arbitrary. air. It was a flashlight. Could have been 22, okay. 21, sounded good. So at, the, at that moment, it was 21. Number, right? yep. And so she turned to me and said, I don't think so. I said, good career move, because if I have to answer that, what do I need you for? You see, I turned to her and I said, Caitlin, yeah. I hired you because you're a big dog, because that's what we hire at Tallgrass. You're going to be a superstar. You're going to have my job one day. I saw that in the day that I saw you, and we wanted to have you come work for this company. Yet, you're asking me a question you already know the answer to. My job is to right. hit a mark, you know, do certain things in the company, as is yours. I need you to do those things, and if you can't do them, if you can't anticipate them, if you can't even try them and even make mistakes with them, then what do I need you for? 
Right. And by the way, there, let's say you would have said yes, bring the color copies. You didn't have enough time, right? Well, that's it was, what it I asked. Was like her. a futile question because <laughs> that leads to my next said, point. Yeah, if you said yes, she couldn't have done it. So yeah, the, my next point would then then be I said to her, I said, do you have time? And she said no. I said never ask me a question like that again. Right. And then I cited Tyco, T Y C O. Right. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Right. Right. You already knew the answer to the question that you're about to ask me. How crazy is that? Right. Act. Act. That's the key thing in the book. Think big, act bigger. It's about acting. You know it, act. Get over the fear that you're going to make a mistake, that you're going to make some small mistake. Let me repeat something that's in the book and people yeah. need to know. No one's going to, to die. die. Right. You say right? that a lot in the book. It's just true. It's a valid point. <laughs> well, but that's what we think. In business, and I, you know, look, I've been in billion dollar businesses where we're making big, big decisions. And I found even when we screw up in those companies, no one dies. Right. When you're in marketing, you're in sales, uh, come on. You know, right. no one's going to die. Right. Keep perspective. C-Suite Radio. Something else you talk a lot about in the book, Jeffrey, is cadence and how it's so important for a company to have cadence. And we know what cadence is, but how does it apply rather to leadership and CEOs and running a company? You know, if you're watching TV, a big drama, you see kind of a cadence of the characters, yeah. how they move in the background. Like an old show used to be West Wing, and you always saw them moving all the time, you know? We have a cadence that we're going back and forth. It's an energy that you see, kind of like a river, you know, that you see in a business. And I've bought and sold a lot of businesses, and every time I've stepped into that business, I can see the cadence. You can look at it. You can feel it. You can taste it. And how do they operate? You know, it's a little bit related to the mood, you know, in terms of do they have a great mood or a sour mood, a, a yeah. fantastic mood, but it's more around what's the energy. Okay. You know, it's like even when my employees will tell me sometimes it's cold in the office, I'll say work harder. You know, <laughs> so, right. so they get warmer. And it's that it, I'm setting the cadence, which means we're going to move fast, like responding back to emails within an hour or 24 hours. You, which you always do. That. I always find that amazing. Even when I, I send you emails, you're, you're right there. Like, I'm on wow, top of how it. Do you, how do you do it? Well, I, mean, I have good people, and I keep a number of emails down, and I try to get rid of the trash. Right. Yeah. Right. Plus, I have one rule. I only read the amount that you put in the screen. That's about all I ever read. That's interesting. So you better right. put the good stuff there, because I'm not scrolling right. down. L less is more, is yeah, squirrels. Kill the squirrels. Kill the squirrels. Kill exactly the squirrels. right, which I've started doing since I've read the book. Um, another thing I've started doing is cleaning my bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, that's good. I was cleaning my bathroom before I read the book. I wasn't sure what to expect when I read it, but tell everybody what it means. Well, it, it's really around doing things yourself and setting examples for others. You right. know? Um, I used to work at Bloomberg and had my own television show. One of the things that I liked about Mike Bloomberg is he had an office with everybody else. You like know, that. We have an open office atmosphere as well. Well, one of the things that I like to do, and I've always done this, is clean the bathroom. One, because I like a clean bathroom. <laughs> Two, because if people see me cleaning the bathroom, there's no other job that they can complain about doing. And so when I stop by True. and say, hey, help empty the garbage, or how about clean up your desk, or how about I need you to do this, I'm cleaning the bathroom, so don't be bitching and moaning and complaining about me asking you to do certain things. And I also think it sets a tone for you know, that cadence, that look, that feel of we're going to keep things tidy, we're going to keep things neat, and if the boss can clean the bathrooms. Yeah. I can do that around Absolutely. my desk Absolutely. It sets well. a tone. If you see Jeffrey Hazlett sort of cleaning the bathroom, cleaning the kitchen, it's like, wow, we all chip in. We all we all help. You know, there's no sort of hierarchy in terms of who does what. Something you do say it's okay to be a little bit in terms of thinking big and acting bigger, you say, you know, it's okay to be a little irrational, be a little pig-headed. Some people might call it arrogance, but you don't. No, it's only arrogance if it's not true. But, right. you know, let's get to the yeah. real reason you should be pig-headed. I think, you know, when you look at great leaders in business, they are pig-headed, and they're a little bit irrational. 
rationale. When I first saw this, I was doing a television show on Bloomberg, and I was interviewing a company about to sell for about $13 billion in San Diego. It was Life Technology. Right. I'm with the CEO at a Harvard MBA uh, alumni meeting, and he's speaking, and he puts a slide that says, leaders must be irrational. And I thought, that's nuts. Yeah. He's absolutely crazy. He's a publicly traded company. They're talking about mapping the genome. If anything, a biotech company, they should be exact. They should be very rational. Exactly. I want them rational. And here he is saying irrational. So I'm writing my notes and saying, I'm going to drill him on camera. I'm really going to go after this guy. And then he said, he sometimes leaders are at point A, the company's at point A, we need to take them to point B, but what we really need to do is tell them we're taking them to C, and that's a big stretch from point B, that's irrational. And then I went, wow, brilliant, because we have to do that as leaders, and we have to be a little pig-headed. We have to say, no, the quality must be at this level. We must hit these goals. We must have this level of customer satisfaction. And we're always stretching it. And someone's got to put a stake in the ground. I, I would call those dog soldiers back where I'm from in South Dakota. Right. These, these Indians who would put a stake in the ground and tie themselves to a stake in battle to never retreat. And that's what leaders should do. So it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say yes. And it's okay to be a little bit crazy from right. time to time saying, you know, it's just right. like when you played sports, and I'm sure you did when you were younger, and the coach says at the end of practice and you're exhausted, you've just stopped and you're heaving, and he, and he or she says, do another lap. Right. And, you, and, you, and you've been there, right? And we think, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And you guess what? You do another lap, you don't die. Yeah. That's being Come irrational. Close, that's being a little, <laughs> yeah. But again, you were better for it. And that's what great leaders do every single day is push you and push you and push you, you know, to the point of where you might die, but you're not going right, to die. Right, right. Yeah. So why do you think, though, great leaders, they think they're acting bigger, but they fail to do so? What do you think their obstacles are? Oh, there's there's all kinds of imperceived obstacles. I have two or three pages of just crowdsourced excuses why people fail. Right. Let's see. Let me give them to you. Yeah. They're, they're just like this. Uh, we tried that once before. It didn't work. Uh, it's not in the budget. I love that one. Right. You because, it's not in the budget. Uh, you love those that. Those kill right. me because, it, you know, in anything we do in business, it's all about choices. Thinking big but acting bigger. It's all about the choice in making that move to say, yes, I'm going to do that. Hey, well, I can't believe we're out of time. There's so much to get to, but I think we've made a small dent. But I always like to ask our authors, Jeffrey, if someone's going to get one thing out of reading this book, what do you think the biggest takeaway is when they pick up the book? Just have the confidence to be you. And that's the most important thing. You know, for so long in business, we've beaten our businesses down and cut and cut and cut. And we've also done the same thing with ourselves. Right. From the time we get up to about this tall to the time we get really tall, People tell us we can't do things all the time. Right. I come from a place that most people only know on a map. And yet I've gone into some of the biggest and highest places in, in yeah. the world in companies, and running companies, being on television, speaking, author. And if I can do it, they can do it. So it's all about you know getting in your head to think big and act bigger and be relentless about it. Never stop because right. there's all these people wanting to make you stop. What I just love though is there's all these people trying to mold you and tell you this is how it's done. But it's so one of the core tenets of the book is own who you are, you know, embrace it. Tell somebody, no, that's not how I do it. This is how I do it. And you execute, you show why it's right. No. I think it's so, so crucial. Frank Sinatra, do it my way. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Well, there's something to be said for that. Jeffrey, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, we appreciate it. And remember, if you want to get the book and find out more, all you have to do is go to our website, csweetbookclub.com. That's c- sweetbookclub.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. Like what you just heard? Visit c-sweetradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.